Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Five Rounds Podcast. The only podcast out there with the cardio for those deep water championship rounds. Not that we need it tonight for both title fights. Uh, but, yep, I am Max, and with me, as always, my son, Carlos. Carlos, how are you? Tired, but we'll get through it. <laughs> well, it's our um, second, third week, maybe, on the Shooting the Sports session. Yeah, it's been fun being in control of their Twitter account uh, for this event. But, yeah, let's go through what happened on uh, UFC 253 uh, with the double title matches of uh, Jan Blakovic and Dominic Reyes and Israel Adesanya versus Paolo Costa. So, we started with some early prelims. Um, Cadiz Ibragimov. <sighs> Try saying that ten times fast. Uh, <laughs> he got a decision against Danilo Marquez. And then Juan Espino got the decision against... Uh, got the first round sub against Jeff Hughes. Then on to the, the standard prelims. We started with uh, Shane Young... Uh, oh no, we did not. We started with William Knight getting the decision against Alexa Camo Camo coming in six and all, but uh, losing that uh, losing that um, unbeaten record. Then we had a uh, um, Ludovic Klein KOing uh, Shane Young in the first, and then uh, Jake Matthews picking up the decision against uh, Diego Sanchez. Another decision followed with uh, Brad Riddle. Uh, in the featured uh, prelim against uh, Alex De Silva Coelho, uh, and then we went on to the the main card. We this this I thought had six fights on this main card. Well, it did up to like a couple of days ago, but there's been some chopping and changing this card, and we end up with five fights, but five pretty decent fights to be fair. So we started with a, a decision in the featherweight uh, Hakim uh, Duardo, um unbeaten in his UFC run. I think he's now 5 and all. picked up the, the win against uh, Zubera Tukagofu, who came in five pounds heavy. Uh, yeah, not not good for uh, Tukov, and it was a, not a good day at, at the office for him as well. I think the first round was a very nervy by both fighters. 
for me, I, I gave it to Duwaru just mainly for the the fact that he, he just was pressing a little bit more. Um, Tuka got for, um, landed a lot more uh, of punches, but it was all about the leg kicks for for Duwaru in the in the first round, and the fact he was just able to land a few more combinations more than anything. Uh, he continued into the second round with those leg kicks. Uh, uh, Tukhov woke up a little bit more in this going into the middle of this second round. You could tell that uh, he kind of found his uh, found his uh, range. He was uh, he was able to kind of like keep Duardo a bit more in this round. Um, he started to utilize his takedowns uh, in this round. He actually scored his first takedown in this in this uh, in this second round. Uh, was able to keep uh, Duardo down for a little while. Um, but uh, didn't really do a lot of work whilst on the ground, uh, and Duarte was able to get back to his feet. But I think the takedown kind of uh, kind of won the round and kind of levelled it up for me. Uh, so going into this third round, it was quite quite even, and I think uh, Duarte just opened up the pace a little bit. Uh, Tuki Tuki tried to go in for more takedowns, but uh, Duarte's defence was a lot better in this third round. Um, he did end up getting up against the fence. Uh, the ref uh, was was basically telling uh, Tukov that he had to work. Uh, but every time Duwadu was able to break free, he landed, he landed the better shots. And for, and for me, the, the kind of pivotal point in the moment is when uh, Duwadu basically screams in the middle of the fight, uh, stop running, let's fucking fight, which we were all saying it. Every single UFC uh, fan watching was saying that because Tukov just did not want to engage at all with uh, Duwadu. Um, just kept running away. And uh, for me, that won the round for, for Duardo and he picked up the victory and uh, the judges uh, agreed. In fact, one judge gave it 30-27 to, uh, to uh, Duardo. So, fair play, good victory for him and he keeps, uh, keeps on, keeps on barreling in, uh, in this featherweight division. See, that's it. You can't, you can't argue with the judges on who they, who they give this to. Uh, see, Tiagov, uh, Tiagov, say his name right? Tukagov. Tukagov. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Tukagov, yeah. It's six o'clock in the morning, folks. <laughs> we're recording straight after the show. We'll get used to it, we promise. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tukagov. Um, like you say, in the last round, he was just running away, and uh, I believe, personally, him and his team, for some reason, thought that they got that first round. Obviously, and, and the second, it, yeah. it seems like. Well, the second round, I believe... that. I, I think just with the control time of that was here with the takedown, I would have given him that round. But I think that's it made him a bit more, it made him too overconfident and made him believe that, oh, first round weren't so bad. And I think it, because it was the takedown and he has been in control, they've sort of forgot what happened in first round of it because they've been so intense in that in the next five minutes of the second round. It's like, right, we're into the final round now. Shit, can anyone remember what happened in first round? Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Well, we know we did good in, in second round, so we must be up. Basically, play it safe, and that's what he was trying to do. Play it safe, and well, it's running away, and that's exactly what he was doing. Um, but Hakeem, uh, he were able to put the pressure on uh, in the first round, and he's seen that with just his posture uh, and the, the the look on his face. Um, you saw he were he were coming there to to fight, not to just stand about, not to have a uh, not to have like a feeling about contest. He knew this were a um, a three round fight, fifteen minute, so not a lot of time. You've got to to get to, to get to know your opponent. You haven't got a lot of time to to feel your opponent out because usually in a five round fight, you'll see it. The first round, it's just a feeling out process of what's going where. In a three round fight, you haven't got that. 
after when you put put the first five minutes down, you've got ten minutes left. And in a professional mixed martial art bout, when you've got ten minutes left, this is the sort of stuff that happens. It usually goes to decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a mistake that, um, that Tukikov uh, made. He let that go to the decision. And now, if he would have tried a little bit harder on the takedowns, because I believe uh, Khabib uh, and... I can't remember the other the other guy's name in his corner. Um, I believe both of them two were, were were shouting for for takedowns. Now, obviously, that's that was the logical thing that you should have done against a guy who's a high level Muay Thai uh, fighter. Um, he's got that style about him. Who comes with them uh, heavy uh, kicks uh, and fast kicks. You'd think that Tukagov would have utilised his wrestling a lot more. So. Stupid mistake, really, but at the end of the day, it's I suppose it's just a learning curve. Uh, he's tried to come in there and obviously do a stand-up fight, and it's not going in his favour. But again, like uh, again, I'm going to just look at what Paul Felder said because he made a really good point. Obviously, with all this lot going on, Tukov was uh, we five, four or five pound overweight, <laughs> uh, so. You, you, Obviously, like he's not giving him a pass. He still should have made way as a professional. But obviously, with the time that we're in, uh, so like me myself, I haven't stepped in black nights for the last five, five and a half months, six months nearly. Um, I haven't stepped foot in a mixed martial arts gym for, for the best part of half a year. Uh, so I can understand where Paul Fell's coming from in that aspect of these professional fighters. If if me as a as an amateur wanting to go professional can't even get into a gym just imagine how hard it is for these professional fighters who, they, who, that literally is their job to mm-hmm. make money out of this and if they can't fight in that lot like Paul Felder said it just makes you wonder how many of these fighters are just getting in there just for the sake of it just because they need a bit of money in the pocket which you can understand but at the end of the day it's not the not the best decision for your career but in this sort of in this time that we're in could you really blame the fighters for doing that? Because I know I couldn't. No, I, I agree with you. Uh, so going into the next fight, we've got another decision. Uh, Sajara Eubanks uh, with a two-week turnaround since the last fight. I remember not long ago she was complaining that no one wanted to fight her. Now she's picking up two fights in two weeks. Uh, taking on Ketlin Vieira, who was uh, coming off that, uh, that knockout to uh, Irene Aldana. Uh, so she wanted to get in, uh, back in the win column and it was a classy uh, performance by Vieira. She used her her uh, heart and her range to great effect to kind of stump that uh, that uh, boxing of, of Eubanks. Um, and when the when the the fight went to the ground, she was the the easier, the much better fighter. And it was a, a case of her just controlling all three rounds for me. Uh, first round, she uh, she um, she did well with those one two jabs, um, and she was able to to kind of like frustrate Eubanks. Eubanks having to kind of storm through and and and, and land, but Vieira was just not there when the shots were coming. Uh, into the second round, Vieira used that ground game a lot more. She she instantly goes for a clinch and drags her Eubanks to the ground. Uh, it was just well played. There was a uh, a weird point, and I'm sure it was in in this second round where the the ref stands him up for absolutely no reason. Yeah, which is it, quite it, that, that's Joe. If Joe Rogan were there, he would have gone fucking. He would have gone apeshit. Actually, no. At any time when fighters are working on the ground. 
and they stand them up. It's he always goes fucking mental. There were no reasons to stand them fighters up in that position. Yeah. Absolutely no reason. No, none whatsoever. And then going in that uh, going into the third round, uh, Eubanks clearly uh, needed a decision. Um, and I've got to give it to a, a cornerman. They told her that she needed a decision. She, they told her that they thought she was two rounds down. You don't really get a lot of that. A lot of corners nowadays are just they blow smoke up the fighters' arse and tell them that they they winning fast. They they weren't. They told her that she needed to be more aggressive. And to be fair to the the, the, the last, she came out more aggressive, landed a few more harder shots, um, snapped uh, Vieira's head back a couple of times. But uh, Vieira was just able to 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 control uh, control that uh, Eubanks to make sure she didn't get the finish. She lost the third round, which I, I felt was fair. But uh, all three judges went with her twenty nine twenty eight and a very dominant and classic performance and a good comeback from uh, from losing that uh, that first loss to Aldana. Definitely. Um... Right, but what can you say? Caitlin uh, deserved the win. She came in there with a perfect game plan. She knew that she was fighting uh, a dangerous opponent. Um, obviously, not elite level in mixed martial arts, but I'll get onto that in a second. Uh, obviously, her, get her game plan, go in there, use use her, uh, use a uh, a reach advantage, uh, but not only that. Obviously, she did the the clever thing. What Tukov should have done straight away in the first round. She went. She she tried to close the distance straight away and going for the clinch. She did it. What were it? Two, what what were the date? Two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve, something like that. She with uh, a uh, RJ BJJ. I think it's called. Oh, that's gonna do me in. Fry my brain. Um, champion. So, if you're a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion. You utilise it. Um, unfortunately, uh, Eubanks were just obviously a bit too strong for her in the first round. Um, like I say, got to the got to the second, uh, and she, uh, Caitlin were having a little bit more um, success with her grappling. Uh, then obviously the, the referee stupidly standing about, and they ain't got a clue why. Um, well then, yeah, the basically the third round basically went similar to the first, uh, bar from Caitlin had a little bit more of a, a little bit more of the control time. But going on to Eubanks, I think Eubanks' problem is because a lot of people have always like, especially with fighters who who are professional boxers who have come over to mixed martial arts, UFC, um, they always seem to sometimes can either. Get a lot of stick or be fucking God's gift to the fucking to to uh, mixed martial arts. So, uh, and I think Eubanks has been one of them. She's obviously she's definitely not God's gift to mixed martial arts, but she hasn't got she hasn't really got a lot of stick. So she's lucky, but she's also sort of one of these fighters. You you, you can say, oh well, you've only got these fights because you're a big name. It's like, well, yeah, that's the, the reason she's got these fights is because she's a because she's got a, a, a sellable name, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's learning as well. She's got a goal. So that's one of the hardest things, a part of it, in the UFC. As uh, Obviously, when she came into the UFC in 2018, she came into the uh, flyweight division. We picked up a two-fight win streak, went on to 2019, went up, tried it in bantamweight against, uh, what were it, Aspen Lad and uh, there were another one. Aspen Ladd and Betcar era, obviously yeah. going up to Bantamweight, and that didn't work out for her. Uh, 
but instead of being one of these fighters going right, I've, I've, I've gone up, it's not worked out for me, maybe I'll go down. She's stuck in it, bantamweight, she, she sort of made it work for her, but it's not like she was taking uh, high-level fighters who, uh, who are not prospects or, or not long just, just off basically fighting for a title. So um, I believe she's doing it down the right track. Obviously, she's lost a fight this time, which at the end of the day, you don't, you don't lose, you learn. Um, it's not like she's on a massive, just because her record's 7-5 and five doesn't mean that it's uh, a, a crap record. Um, she's lost to decent fighters mm -hmm. in the UFC. Yep. It's not like uh, she's come in and she's just been another CM Punk or another Kimbo Slice, if you know what I mean. So, give her a chance, basically. And I reckon she'll surprise people, but my personal opinion, she goes back down to flyweight. Because I, she can hang with some of the bantamweights, but when you get to top ten, top five, bantamweights at all, uh, taller than her anyway, and especially with the reach advantage they've got over yeah, her, and if yeah. she struggled with her... It, it were clear in this fight that the, the size disadvantage really affected her. Exactly, so I think it's... Obviously, I'm not her coach, but... If I was her coach, that that's what I'd be advising her to do. Just try your hand at uh, going back down to flyweight and mm -hmm. seeing what you get in there. So makes sense, makes sense. So into the middle of this uh, this main card, and we get our first um, finish. We've our car car of France taking on Brandon Roval. Uh, Brandon Roval uh, coming off his debut win. Uh, Carlos made a, a comment about how is he ranked now uh, and and. Uh, Kaikara Francis, uh, it was unranked, uh, and now we're, we were talking about Kaikara's uh, uh, nickname of Don't Blink, even though his four wins in the UFC have come through a decision. If I were not blinking for 15 minutes, bloody hell, I'd be blind. Um, <laughs> but this this first round, now if, if you haven't watched this show um, and and you're listening to our our review of it, Go if you watch one round. Go and watch this first round between Kaikara France and Brandon Roval, because it may very well be the best first round that you'll ever ever watch. It was a full twenty-five minute fight crammed down into five minutes. There were just knockdowns. There were knees. There were potential illegal shots. There were spinning back elbows. There were spinning back punches. It was just it was glorious to watch. It was. It was that there was that much action that you had to catch the the, the slow motion replays to actually find out what went on in the fire. It was just a brilliant, uh, brilliant fire. Uh, starts off with um, with basically a, a head kick straight away. Uh, Rover uh, fell over whilst throwing the head kick, uh, and his just his aggression just really like really really shone through. Um, the, there was a lot of a decent ground game uh, going for some uh, uh, a lot of transitions between the both guys going for uh, Goga Platas and not Omni Platas um, but the way that they were reversing each other and like, getting uh, getting each other into into uh, submission uh, positions was just really glorious to watch and then when they were back on the feet they were both landing at the same time there must have been about three or four times where these two landed a uh, hook on each other at the same time uh, the, the end came basically when uh, uh, Carr uh, swept the leg 
not not Roval down, but uh, Roval gets back up, uh, lands a punch, but then just fires a few punches of his own. They just started absolutely standing and banging to, with each other. Comes to the end of the first round, and both guys had, had given a massive, massive performance. Um, and coming out into the second, uh, Roval just carried on that aggression. Um, didn't take long though for 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 Roval to to grab the net for the guillotine. Um, while whilst he was still standing, Carcara um, uh, Francis just had to drop down because you could see that the the guillotine was so so tight. It looked for a second that Car uh, was going to pop out, uh, but uh, it was really well played by uh, Roval to kind of just uh, cinch it up and and kind of like uh, adjust his positioning a little bit just to make sure that Car couldn't get out. And uh, Car had to tap. Great, uh, great uh, victory, and just what a performance by both guys. I know I give Car uh, Car fans a lot of grief during that fight, but he he really impressed me even in defeat. But God, Brandon Roval is someone to to really keep your eye out in this division. Honestly, I'll take back what I said about him being ranked nine. Like you said, well, now we know why he's ranked nine. He's just <laughs> fucking that good. Uh, and even though he looks like he's twelve year old, he'll fucking mug you. Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> he's the, the other plotter that he had Kai and now what a lot of people are going to look at that and go fuck me he, he, he got on ground and it's like no 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 he's not just good he's really good because Kai is a really good wrestler mm-hmm. out of anything and he made Kai's wrestling look like dog shit no mm-hmm. offence Kai it's but that's it's like ordinary. it's you know what I mean he's just he's, I'm guessing he could do that against other people but in this case he did it against Kai uh and the, the stuff he were able to do, like you say, his knees were flawless, the elbows were flawless, the spinning back fist, the jabs, the straights, the hooks, everything that he were doing. It's like, it, even though he's had um, uh, 16 uh, mixed martial art belts, it's, he was fighting like, he's had about 30 or 40. Mm-hmm. So, what a win for him. Uh, and Again, over a... a a big name uh, in Kaya France uh, being able to move up that uh, flyweight ladder um, congratulations to him but uh, with Kaya um, I don't know what he was I don't, I don't know if he just wanted to get a, a bonus or make an impression but obviously he's an aggressive fighter in the first place but he's like he were I know it's like he were either hurt or stunned or something because he were just like he, he sort of like put himself for me into the into the guillotine, especially the the, the second one when he obviously got finished with it. He I don't know why he uh, he picked him up because him as a fighter should have been as soon as um, Brandon grabbed hold of him again, it should have been try and break the distance and and keep it. Uh, I know he were getting he, I know he were getting hit and stuff like that, but he would he would for me he were clearly having more success on the feet than he was on the ground. Even though he were, even though he got dropped a couple of times, that's the risk you've got to take, but on the ground he was he was getting beat. On the on the feet at least he had he stood a chance. Uh, but again, you you don't lose, you learn. Uh, and he's got a brilliant team behind him, City Kickboxing. So that but the first round of that was quality. Like you said, if you could watch any round of this 
of this whole card, go back and just watch that first round. Yeah, it was it, brilliant, brilliant man. I, I would I would not be surprised if that's not that round of the year as well. It was just so so good to watch. Uh, but after the the kind of starters and the fish course of the of the first three fights of this main card, we go on to the the main and the and the dessert. And wow, the main was uh, was good for us because we're massive massive fans of our of uh, Jan Blakovic in, in, in our house and he's, he's come good um, after all the kind of posturing from Dominic Reyes um, and the the way he kind of like really lent into the fact that he didn't believe he lost the fight to Bones uh, this was a massive come down to earth for him and uh, he gets handed his, his first, lo- first loss in his eyes I suppose uh, but the first round was a very, very nervy first round for, for Reyes. He didn't look like he wanted to even be in the fight. Uh, Blakovic was clearly the, the, the aggressor, um, did really well with the leg kicks uh, and, the, and the, um, the, the combinations. But the, the biggest, biggest kind of like test for, for Reyes was when he got uh, the shot under the ribs, which instantly went bright red and started bleeding. That that would not surprise me if that's not a broken rib. Because that's definitely a couple of broken ribs. Because it was swelled straight away, bruised straight away, blood uh, flowing under the skin straight away. Uh, Blackovich's leg kicks were were superb, and the way he was kind of like he almost dissected uh, Reyes, and Reyes just didn't seem like he he had an answer uh, coming into the second round, um, and you could see Blackovich's uh, his tail was up. It was a. He knew that he he was that in 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 the lead in this fight. He kind of had had the offense. Um, Reyes just for me just struggled landing his shots. He couldn't find his range. He couldn't find a um, a kind of uh, combination that worked for him. Uh, whilst he did land some some shots, there was just nothing consistent where uh, with Blackwich his his, uh, his leg kicks his body kicks and his punches were just doing so well he ended up cutting the nose of our uh, of Reyes and then um, he lands a well no the, the both the fighters were were up against the cage both swinging for the fences uh, both kind of landing shots but then uh, on the on the way out uh, Blackwich landed a combination Reyes falls over Blackwich pounced uh Maybe a bit of an early stoppage, but for me, I'm absolutely not bothered about that because uh, we've got uh, a European champion in, in Jan Blakovic, uh, and what a great victory for him! And how kind of um, how humble of a champion! I, I love a humble champion, me who, who kind of uh, is thankful for the fact that he's got there. Um, and the dude's 37 years old, and he's made it to the top of the tree. Absolutely, just props to Jan Blakovic. That's it, like, like we were saying, um, like me and you say earlier, it's not like we've got anything against Dominic Reyes, he's, he's a good fighter, he's mm-hmm. probably a good guy, it's just, obviously, when you've got people blowing smoke up your arse, your attitude changes a bit, and, um, and in this case, it were, that, that made it easy enough for us to go, right, we definitely want fucking Jan to win now, not only has he been in the UFC season 2014, obviously he's, he's a European fighter, so mm-hmm. it's somewhat better for us but yeah with Johnny he's he's deserved it in a way he's, he's took he took losses on the chin took losses like a man in the UFC he hasn't he hasn't gone away and bitched about it he's gone away he's licked his wounds he's, he's come back he's he's done what any European lad would do he's he's, he's learnt from his mistakes and he, he's come back and he's, he, he's took what 
he believes should be his and what he's now is. Mm-hmm. Uh, took him took him so many years to get a title shot. Um, and look at it, it's not even like he got a title shot because it was like, oh, right, now you're fighting for a title. It's obviously John Jones vacated the title. So we're like, right, well, we need someone to fight for the title now. So he got an opportunity and he just he knew how much that meant because obviously like uh, it says like since 1997 to 2010 there were like 10 different champions and then obviously John Jones 2011 till present it, it were him and him, him and DC uh, so both of these two knew how important this was but obviously uh, Dominic Reyes has already fought for the goal before and he he come he's just come short. Um so he sort of had his he's had, he's had his shot and when you've already had your first shot and he, and he, you get beat and that gets took away from you you can lie to yourself and, and say these things but deep down it's it's gonna fucking hurt you at the end of the day. You've had <laughs> you've had your dream shot that you've wanted, a shot at the UFC belt and you've got beat. It's gonna it's gonna hurt any man. Um Obviously, Jan, he didn't have that. He still had that fresh fire going, I'm, I've got the opportunity of a lifetime here and I'm not going to fucking let it up. If you go and watch his training videos, obviously, prior to uh, the fight with Dominic, he's been training like a fucking animal non-stop, putting chains around his neck, fucking climbing up ropes, up to the fucking top of a factory roof, and back it's like, you mad Polish bastard. It's like, you deserve a UFC belt. I'm glad he's got a UFC belt. It's well-deserved from him. He's, he's the, and the combo that he finished it off with as well uh, was just perfect. The uh, the uppercut and the making him doing the stanky leg and straight mm-hmm. away jumping on him and not, not, not giving it a second of a thought, knowing that, right, I've hurt him here. I need to finish it. Put him away. Put him away, and he took the title. That's in a in a in a title fight. You know when you when you want it. You know when you're hungry enough. And yeah, he he was definitely hungry enough. He, I, I he, think I think to be fair, both these title matches showed that one person was wanted it, and one person kind of didn't. Exactly, um, and Jan showed that he definitely wanted it. So congratulations to him. He's the new. Why do I champion of the fucking world? Yep. Uh, so then after that uh, main course, uh, going on to uh, the the dessert of Israel Adesanya taking on Paulo Costa. Uh, for me, the build up of this fight has been corny. It's been it, it's been fake. I don't think these two fighters hate each other like the way that they say they do. It's just it seems so scripted, but. What a fight we we ended up getting though out of it. Uh, these two have been absolutely demolishing people left, right, and centre. Uh, both of them are unbeaten in their uh, mixed martial arts career, and yeah, someone's whore definitely had to go. Uh, and unfortunately for for Paulo Costa, it, it was his. And to be fair, he absolutely deserved the the loss from from the start of the fight. Um, Adesanya seemed to have the the the, the marking of uh, of Costa. He obviously had a much bigger reach advantage, and he used that to to perfection, keeping uh, Costa 
at bay and frustrated with those uh, with those leg kicks. Uh, Costa had uh, been doing a lot of uh, cupping on the on his legs. Uh, maybe that was a, a case of him trying to uh, make weight because we all know how he's kind of struggled to 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 make that uh, one eighty five limit. And he looked. He didn't look like the fighter that, that absolutely put a whooping on, on the likes of uh, Romero. He didn't look like the 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 fighter who's unbeaten. Uh, whereas Adesanya was just it was just it was so much quicker, so much more active, so much more kind of accurate than than uh, Costa. Uh, there were a lot of posture in the in the fight. Both both guys kind of a. Uh, um, showing off and, and, and kind of goading their opponents but they were only one person who was really landing shots and it was Adesanya uh, going into the second round uh, Adesanya kept up that, that, that uh, attack on, on the knee those uh, bleed kicks and, the, and the, the calf kicks were ripping Costa to bits uh, Costa did well to kind of play off and act like it didn't hurt but you could tell that you could tell that, that uh, affected him uh, in the second round though but uh, Adesanya started to, to pump his jab a lot more landing a lot more punches was able to to be more aggressive Costa tried to to kind of like make some work but it just couldn't happen for him he just wasn't able to to, to get in that uh, that dirty boxing position uh, Adesanya uh, ended up cutting Costa a couple of times with his shots um, then he uh, he landed a, 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 a multi-punch combination drops Costa uh, Maybe land a couple of uh, headshots at the back, uh, which looked a bit suspicious. But uh, Costa just was absolutely down, absolutely out. Uh, Adesanya mounts him. Uh, even like when Costa tried to, to to turtle up, Adesanya was still able to to keep control of his back. Landing shots. In comes Herzog to call the fight off, and Adesanya is still your middleweight champion. What can you say, bar from? I'm glad Costa's not the champion. Just see, uh, that's the one thing about Costa. It pisses me off because I'd I'd like him as a fighter. Mm-hmm. As a person, I think he's a bit of a knob, and as a fighter, he's definitely a knob because he took steroids before. So that's the one thing that always, especially to me, is one who, who wants to be a professional fighter. Why would you take that risk once you've got it? Why would you take the risk? And he's just one of the stupid fucking characters who did it. Uh, so I'm glad he's not a champion, but what he, what a guy, what he's strong as fuck, he's, he's got heart, at the end of the day, he, he took how many leg kicks from, from Israel, and Israel, it's not like Israel's got soft leg kicks, at the end of the day, the guy had over like 80 kickboxing bouts, mm-hmm. the guy knows how to kick, so, and you, like I say, his power because his leg was red as fuck, red that, as that, fuck, that kneecap, I'm surprised it's still in position. It, the the oblique kicks that he was taking right on the kneecap were just horrific. Definitely, I'd say he's fucked some tendons up in there. His ACL is definitely gone. His crucial ligaments are probably a bit fucked from that. His patella's probably out of fucking place because he's got that many kicks at knees and that many stomps at knees. It's probably to the back of his, his fibula. But, yeah... What can you say, bar from Israel, is just spectacular at striking. He's been able to now make ordinary men look ordinary. <laughs> Extraordinary men, I think. Extraordinary men. <laughs> Elite level fighters. Yeah, I'll say that again. Israel Adesanya has made just elite level fighters look like amateurs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's obviously the way he moves it and obviously the, the head kick coming to play as a kickboxer he didn't hit him flush with the shin he hit him with the foot sometimes that can be dangerous when you're when you kick someone directly in the head with your foot obviously you've got 26 bones in your foot you've got one massive skull in your head so usually when you do that sometimes the damage can actually affect you more than the actual person but luckily enough he, he was just able to hit him in the sweet money spot just above the temple able to just instantly instantly just rock him and, and, and put him out and I know like I'm using the word rocky but it's different terms like even though he wasn't stumbling about he, he didn't know where his legs were uh, his legs were he, he didn't have a he didn't have a clue to some extent what was going on um, I, I'd put money on it if you were to ask him now and if he were to answer honestly I guarantee he was seeing three Israels in front of him after that head kick and he's like what the fuck he wasn't going to fucking hit me uh, so it's guarantee like that and then as soon as Izzy smelt the blood a champion, the champion in him, smelt the blood and needed to finish that fight. Needed to take that belt on where it belonged, and he were able to hit him and hit him and hit him and not and and ex- do exactly as he said. Met Paula Costa, throwing it fresh air, and then met him at the floor, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it's exactly what he did, and. Uh, you can't take it away from him that he's not the best striker in the middleweight division because he knocked to get the belt. He knocked out um, Robert Whitaker, basically using like a little Muay Thai technique where it's just your feet are still planted still and you just lean back out the way mm-hmm. just in time to for you to spring back and and hit him and that's what is it we're able to do with Robert Whitaker now. Obviously, he, he wasn't being able to. It, um, Costa that hard on the chin, but that's when he comes to his precision. His precision knew that the temple were out there because when he hit him and skimmed him, it's like a, if anyone's ever had like a skimming body shot. Yeah, you can't feel it like proper pushing into you, but when you've got something skimming across, it's like it weirdly wins you for some mm-hmm. reason. But I can't really explain it. But it's the exact same for the obviously for your temple. It's any not called. I, I think as well, if you've got to take on the the fact that Costa didn't see the shot, and it's always them kind of shots that, that do the most damage. When you don't see that shot coming, it can have a quarter of the power of a shot straight down the middle. It's still going to damage you more because you, you, your brain isn't like making those microsecond decisions to prepare for it. And and that's that's what did the damage in, and that's what got the the knockdown, and um, and Adesanya just capitalised and, and won the fight from it. He definitely, that's exactly what won him the fight. The fact he's a spectacular striker. He can see stuff before you even throw it. He can telegraph you before you even know what you're going to do yourself. He's just one of them sort of strikers. Just from his experience in the ring, his experience in the gym, his lifelong uh, obsession with with mixed uh, mixed martial arts. But Paulo Costa. He, again, in this fight, um, he was going on in the press conferences about his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, about how he's a black belt underneath his brother, about how Izzy shouldn't speak, about grappling with him and stuff like that. I believe he was just too proud to actually try and take uh, Izzy down and actually try and grapple with him because he, in, in my eyes, he, 
Yeah, fair enough. He's 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 got a lot more power over over Izzy. He's a lot stronger than Izzy. But he's not as accurate. He's not as accurate. He, the precision's not there, and that's that's what done him. And if he were able to just get Izzy, even if it were just for the first or second round, just get him down, line him for a bit, couple of shots he body, a couple of shots he just just keep a couple of shots every every ten seconds or something like that. Just. Just so the ref doesn't stand you up, just so you're having to make Israel having to carry your weight because I, I believe that's the only sort of way you're gonna beat a fighter like Israel. You're not gonna beat him standing up unless you're a spectacular um, stand-up fighter as it is. And I don't, off the top of my head, I can't see anybody in the middleweight division who can stand up to Israel on the feet with that sort of precision. I'm not saying that with a uh, power and striking wise, because like you've got everyone. He he's, he's fought now. Paul Costa. He's fought Yor Romero. I'm I'm I'll dare say he will fight Darren Till. He's, he said if Cannonier fights Whitaker next, he'll fight him. So it's not like he's picking the easy route either. That's what I give him respect for as well. You'll get a lot of uh, you'll get a lot of UFC fighters who'll get the belt and umming and or you know, they'll fight next. Or I don't want to fight him. I want to fight him. Or I don't want to fight her. I want to fight her. And it's. With Izzy, it's, I've got the belt now, this is what I wanted, I wanted to get the belt and then prove that I am the champion, so it doesn't matter who I'm going to fight, I'll, I'll either fight them now or five years down the line, either way I'm going to fight them, so it doesn't matter when I fight them, I'll fight them. And that's what a champion should have a mentality like, and that's why, when he asked Dana White, if he's still champion, which I believe he will, when he asked Dana White to eventually fight John Jones, he will get it like that because he's he's got that mentality that the UFC and what Dana White is looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so after that amazing event, uh, we get um, what could possibly be uh, kind of like a come down or a refresher event. But it's always these kind of events that uh, surprise us and bring some uh, some really quality fights out. But uh, it's focused around the women's bantamweight division. We've got uh, Jermaine Durandamay taking on Juliana Pena and a main event of Holly Holm uh, and Irene Aldana from um, UFC Far Island. So join us for that next week. Follow me on Twitter at DJ Kirby. Follow Carlos at Kirby underscore Carlos. Follow the team over at Shooting the Sportsish. Follow at Chairshot Media Group and follow Visionaries Global Media to get all your five rounds action. Um, that's all from me. Thank you for listening. That is the end. Adios, amigos. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.